that's what vision is, you know, to be able to see a future reality, something that lies ahead of you, the possibilities in the different areas of your life where, where if you were to think about your work is concerned, your family's concerned, your, your relationships in general are concerned, uh, your relationship to God is concerned, what is your future reality? What, what's, what lies down the road for you in those relationships? And so that's what I want to really focus on today is our future reality, right relationships. Right relationships. Who doesn't want relationships that function right? Anyone in here? Anybody want relationships that are just dysfunctional and you're fighting and you're in conflict constantly? Raise your hand. If I, I'd just like to have some more dysfunctional relationship. How many like to have right relationship? Give me a show of hands. All of us want right relationships. We want relationships that function the right way. Amen? And so... Um, there's a lot going on in this passage that I'm going to read to you, but before I do, I want to share with you a story about a young lady, uh, a bride, her and her husband were going to get married, and the pastor was, was doing the, um, the rehearsal, uh, you know, where they, you'd normally do a rehearsal before you actually do the wedding, and they were doing the rehearsal. The bride was extremely nervous. She couldn't remember what to do, and so the pastor gave her some, some things to focus on so that she would be able to... to and get all the way to the, to the altar and, and, and be able to go through the ceremony. So what he did is he pulls her aside and he says to her, he says, look, initially just focus on the aisle, right? Then focus on the altar and then focus on him. Don't get ahead of yourself. Don't look at him and, and then you get nervous. But, but focus on the aisle, focus on the altar, and then focus on him. So wedding day came and, and the bride's Walking down the aisle, she kind of goes through the whole thing without a hitch. The challenge was the folks sitting closest to the aisle heard her repeating over and over again, I'll alter him. I'll alter him. I'll, I got to do it again, I'll alter him. You getting it? I'll alter him. And so often in relationships, we approach them right with the attitude of, Wanting to alter others. I suggest to you that the best that could ever happen is, is that we would be in a relationship with God. Allow him to alter us. Allow him to alter us. And then what, what takes place is, is that even our perspective on ourself is different. And how we approach others is very different. Our intent is not to alter them first, but to allow ourselves to be altered, Right? And the only way we can be altered to be more like God is to spend time with God. Amen? Every bit of that flows within relationship. I would say, you know, relationship with God, relationship with yourself, and relationship with others. Amen? You know, it's a relationship with yourself. Come on. Uh, I just want to hear a loud amen if I'm right about this. How many of you talk to yourself? <laughs> How many answer yourself? And then you got a real problem. This, this passage, here's what's going on, is the Pharisees, as they're always doing with Jesus, is they're trying to trap Jesus. They're asking questions, trying to trap him, you know, concerning what the law says. And if they can find him being out of order with the law, then, then they can arrest him. And so they're looking for all these ways to trip Jesus up, constantly looking for ways to trip Jesus up. Now, Jesus is in this conversation. It's taking place, and it gets to a point, and basically he stumped the, 
the, the Sadducees, and, and it comes to the place. Now the Phar- so the Sad- there's the Pharisees, the Sadducees, right? Uh, you have the Sanhedrin, which is the, the, the priests and the teachers and the, and the lawyers, if you will, of, of, of the law of Israel, which is the word of God, the Torah, the Pentateuch, if you will. And so uh, they're always looking for those ways they can trip Jesus up and find him where he's wrong concerning the word of God. Well, he's the living word of God, so it's kind of hard to trip him up. You know what I'm saying? But they come on the scene, and here's what happens. So it's, he, they're trying to trap him, and they can't trap him. So the Pharisees, it's kind of like, it's, it's like uh, how many of you ever watched WWE, right? Or WWF or whichever, right? Uh, you ever see where they tag the next one goes in, right? That's kind of what the Pharisees and Sadducees were doing to Jesus that day. Sadducees get stumped, the Pharisees like tag you're it, and the Pharisees go at him and start asking him questions. Now listen to this, this is kind of where we're at, but not the Pharisees. When they heard that, that uh, he had routed the Sadducees, in other words, he had body slammed the Sadducees, uh, with his reply, they thought of a fresh question for their own to ask, for their own, meaning the Pharisees to ask him. One of them, a lawyer, spoke up, sir, which is the most important command in the laws of Moses? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second most important is similar. Love your neighbor as much as you love yourself. Now I want you to key in on that. Love God and love your neighbor as much as you love yourself. There's three different relationships going on there. Love God, love your neighbor as much as you love yourself. How many of you love yourself? Sometimes it's hard to love yourself, isn't it? Right? Sometimes it's easy to love yourself. What Jesus is saying is, is that we, have a, uh, we tend to have uh, self-interest you know, at heart when we think about loving ourselves. It's like, I don't want to hate myself. I want to love myself. I, I, want to, I want things to go well for me. Does that make sense to you? And, and what Jesus is saying is you should want things to go well for others as much as you do for yourself. And the greatest hope you have of those two things happening is if things are going well in your relationship with God. Amen? So in this, as we're talking about pursuit, I wanted to give you some definitions then. We're talking about uh, pursuit, uh, pursuing our future reality, vision to pursue our future reality, uh, in right, and to have right relationships. So I want to give you these definitions. Pursuit, which we covered last week, the action of following or pursuing someone or something. Synonyms. Striving toward, quest after, for, search for, aim, goal, objective, dream. Right, the word right, the noun here, that which is morally correct, just, or honorable. Synonyms, goodness, righteousness, virtue, integrity, rectitude, uh, propriety, truth, honesty, honor, justice, fairness, equity. Anybody in here not want that in their relationships? Every single one of us want that in our, our right relationship, amen? And then the word relationship, the noun. The way in which two or more people or organizations regard and behave towards each other. Synonyms, connection, relation, association, link, correlation, correspondence, parallel, alliance, bond, interconnection. Getting it? I wanted to lay those out so that we understand when we're talking about it, there is so much that plays within our relationships. There's, there's so much that we want from our relationships. 
And oftentimes we don't get because we're, we're not clear about what our expectations are. You know, there's, there's nothing worse than, than, for instance, if I was to say Angie and I, uh, 28 years going on 29, right? It gets better and better and better. And sometimes worse. Worse why? I've been married 29 years and all of a sudden I figure out that I don't know something she's been trying to communicate to me for 29 years. Come on. Vice versa. It's like, what? You mean that's what you've been trying to tell me for 29 years? You know, or it comes this way. I've been trying to tell you that for 29 years. None of you other marriages in here are struggling with that, huh? <laughs> How about your kids, right? Those struggles. So, so when we think about what we want in relationship, reflect on that. If we want to pursue a future reality, if you will, have vision to pursue that future reality of right relationships, we've got to know what it is we're actually after. It's got to be defined. There's nothing worse than not meeting somebody's expectations and finding out you never understood them, right? It's like they have that expectation. I didn't even know they had that expectation. So we got to be clear with one another. Another word here is the word covenant. That's a biblical word, and it simply means an agreement. Now, I'll give you a quick um, layout here on covenant. Uh, Abraham is a great example of covenant. You could go back and read in Genesis where he and God cut covenant. Um, uh, God tells him, hey, you know, I'm going to come. I'm going to appear to you. Uh, we're going we're gonna to make a covenant. And what happens is Abraham takes, you know, a heifer. He takes uh, a goat. He takes a turtle dove. Basically, what he does, he cuts them in half and lays these halves on one side and these halves on another. And he's, he's there seeking the Lord. And what, what takes place is, is that all of a sudden, in the middle of the night, a, a, it's like a bowl of fire goes through the, through the center of it. That's what he recognizes. Part of what's going on there is, is when, when you got the pieces split in half, um, when you go back to what it was to make a covenant with someone in that day, is that if I make a covenant with you, may the same thing happen to me <laughs> that's been done to these sacrifices, this representation of making covenant. Why? Because two halves, right, two people are coming together to make one whole. Now think about it this way. Normally when they made a covenant, like a tribe would make a covenant with another tribe, there, there was a stronger tribe and a weaker tribe. Or one might be strong in this area and weak in this area. Why, that one's strong in an area uh, that this other one's weak and, and, and weak where the other one's strong. And so they'd make a covenant to come together and protect one another. It's not much different than, than the way we have allies around the world. Our military, our government right now, we have allies. And the reason why we do is because we're not in the Middle East, but we need representation in the Middle East. And so we have these partnerships, these covenants that we make with them so that they're protecting our interest over there, we're protecting their interest here. And if they need us to come over, and by the way, America in many ways has been a strength for other countries that are weak militarily, but because they have a presence there, uh, together we are stronger than we are if we were alone. Everybody getting where I'm coming from on covenant. Together with God, we're stronger. Why? Because we're the weak ones and he's the strong one. Paul the Apostle said, it is in my weakness that he is made strong. Amen? We need a relationship with God. So to have a right relationship, we have to recognize the order of right relationships. Matthew twenty two thirty seven through 39 says this. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart. This is a, a reflection back on what we read. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. This is the first 
Say first. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second, most important, is similar. Love your neighbor as much as yourself. So write this down. Loving God leads to loving ourselves, which leads to loving others. I find that people that are right with God, they, ha- they, they have a right relationship with God, are, are not angry at the world. They're not blaming everybody else for what might be going wrong in their life. And even if someone mistreats them, they're not looking for vengeance. They're not looking to get back at them. They're, they're, they're searching for an opportunity to forgive them and to, to mend the situation. Can you say amen? Loving God leads to loving ourselves, which leads to loving others. I'm not talking about a selfish love of self. I'm talking about uh, the giving love. God gives us love, and so we ought to walk in love. And I don't know how we could walk in the love of God and, and hate ourselves. Now, here's the interesting part. Um, remember Paul Apostle says, he says, when I want to do the right thing, I end up doing the wrong thing. And that's oftentimes where we can end up angry at ourselves. Like, what's the matter with anybody? You know, when I said, do you talk to yourself? What do you normally talk to yourself about, right? A lot of times we muse over things. It's like, man, I really need, I want to see this change. I want, right? Those things that, that might, those weaknesses, those areas that might cause you to not like yourself, if you get right with God and you have a relationship with God, you have that order in place, it tends to lead you to being the best version yourself could possibly ever be and when you're that person you're not taking things out on other people you're able to love others because you love yourself because God's love is manifested it's filled your life amen so uh then from that point uh here's some steps I believe that we could take to um to to have that vision to build that vision of a future reality of right relationships. First, I've been talking about it a lot over the last few weeks, and that is find time for God. Find time for God. What's that look like? Love God and put him first. Love God and put him first. You know, look, I know when I'm doing that and when I'm not doing that. Don't you know that when you're doing that and when you're not doing that? Find time for God and put him first. Love God and put him first. Proverbs 3, 6 says this, in everything you do, put God first and he will direct you, you, he will direct you and crown your efforts with success. He'll direct you and crown your efforts with success. Now it's interesting, he's the one directs So Think about the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. You hearing that still small voice. You're in a situation where you gotta make a decision and you don't even know why you're making it. It's kind of like, this is what I need to do. And I don't know if I, I would choose that, but it's like what the word of God says, so I'm going that way. He directs you, and then what happens is, is it's his leadership, his power, his guidance, and then what does he do? He comes along and he crowns you with success. Amen? And the reason why he crowns you with success is because you trusted him. Love God and commit to him. Love God and put him first. Love God and commit to him. Proverbs 16, 3. Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. That's not much different than the first one, but there's a distinction there. Find time to put him first, and then make sure you commit to him. 
Amen? And then love God and honor him. Love God and honor him. Proverbs 3, 9. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. There's many other scriptures I could put there. But basically, when you look at success, right? Establishing your plans. Most of our plans on, are, are on how we can build our life and how we can succeed at life and, and how we can take care of our loved ones and our family and enjoy this life. Isn't that true? Give me an amen if I'm right about that. That's what we think about. That's what we think about it a lot. And what I would say to you is, is that it, there, there's nothing worse than that we would actually put God first and, and, and he's going to crown us with success because we're, we're going the direction he tells us to go. And then what happens is, is we come along and we're in this place of committed to him. And what does he do? Then he establishes. You know, th- there's a difference between having a plan and having a plan that's established. He establishes your plans. He's not saying there and everything that you thought about is done. He establishes your plan. Why? Because you're going his direction. The plan that you have is God's plan for your life. And therefore, it's established. It may not all uh, uh, You may not be witnessing all of it happening in your life right now. However, there's a vision. See, that that future plan of what is going to be and what God's going to make possible for you. But make sure you honor him for doing those things in your life. Make sure you return to him what belongs to him. And And I'll say it this way. I'm not just talking about finance there. I'm talking about your time. Again, the first thing is time. Remember the good Samaritan. When, 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 when the disciples are questioning Jesus about this whole idea of love God, right, and love, love others as you love yourself, they're like, well, well, well who, who's actually my neighbor? And he tells the story of the Good Samaritan. Do you remember that story? And that story really boils down to this. And he, he says to him, who do you think was the friend? Was it the priest that passed over on the other side, the, the scribe that came over and looked at him and went on? Or the, the, the Samaritan that came over and did something about it. And make no mistake about it, when you go read that parable, you deduce it to this. He gave of his time, he gave of his training, and he gave of his treasure. He took the time to care for that person. He knew something about mending wounds and caring for wounds. He took from his oil and his wine to treat the wound. And then he gets him to an end and he gives the innkeeper some, some money to help take care of him and then when I return if there's more needed so that this person can recover you know that's everything that Jesus did he gave of his time he left heaven and came to earth he gave of his time he gave of always he knew there's no question about that his training and he gave of his treasure amen be like your God find time to be with God and here we go I'll just throw it out there for you find 15 y'all remember that one Find 15, five minutes in the word, five minutes in worship, five minutes in prayer. It's not a lot. Somebody sent me a, a text this week and said, you know, it's like 1.1% of your time. Now, I want to ask you a question. Do you think God's worth 1.1% of your time? Find your 15. And I won't, I'm not going to ask you how you're doing so you don't, oh, man, I messed up and I didn't do it yesterday or whatever. Um, I'm posting some of mine. I, I'm not like, you know, every day. I could do it every day if you all would like. But, but there's certain times it really speaks to me. I got a text from another brother in the church, and he was talking about, I'm like, man, that's funny. My reading today happened to be about, he was talking about obedience and, and, and how, you know, it's so good to be obedient to the Lord and do what he's asking you to do. And I'm like, it's funny because today's reading for me had everything to do with being obedient, right? 
And, and that's the kind of things that can happen when you start doing that and you got connection with other brothers and sisters in Christ. Is, is you're doing your, your 15, and then, and by the way, this was like 5.30 in the morning, I think it was, that that text was going on. And I'm thinking, they text me, and I don't know that they knew that I would be up, but I was already doing, hey, am I, and this is what he said, am I interrupting your, your 15? Nope, I'm already done. Actually, the, and he's telling me stuff, and I'm like, actually, that's what my, my reading was about this morning. So interesting enough, he feels prompted to text me and have a conversation, and, and my read, and I share that with him, and he comes back, and what happens? We're both encouraged. We're both edified through our uh, Christian relationship and, and, and our devotion to the Lord. Is that making sense to everybody? Find your 15. Uh, make it one of the highest priorities. I'm asking you to find 1.1% of your time with God. Amen? Number two, find time for yourself. Find time for yourself. Listen, love yourself and deal with deception. Love yourself and deal with deception in your life. Romans 12, 1 through 2 says this, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This, say this, this is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Say, fine, 15. The reason why is because your mind's not going to be renewed if you don't spend time in God's word. Amen? you got to spend time in God's word and let his word renew your mind. Why? Because watch this. Then you will be able to test and to prove what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Amen? So here's what I want you to write under that. Get rid of false ideas. Get rid of false ideas, false thoughts, false ideology. Get rid of it. Second there, love yourself and guard your heart. Love yourself and guard your heart. Why? Proverbs 4.23 says, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. If we're talking, listen, if we're talking about vision, right, of a future reality, you got to protect your heart because you get your heart messed up and all of a sudden it messes up all that we've been talking about, your direction, your ability to hear from the Lord, your, your, your desire to approach the Lord. If your heart gets messed up, what happens is, is it'll start to direct where your life is going. If it's, if it's got God pouring in by his word and by his spirit and in your pursuit of all that God is, what happens is, is that God's going to be the one guiding that, that still small voice directing where you're going Right? You're going to have passion for the things of God, and he's going to establish your plan, and you're going to be going exactly where he wants you to go. And by the way, where you desire to go, why? He'll give you the desires of your heart. But know this, when Jesus said, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. it it'll be done, right? When Jesus says that, you've got to remember, it says what? According to my will. We've got to be in the will of God. And to do that, we got to make sure that we got the right things in our heart. Amen? So, so you ready for this? Get rid of, get rid of hurt feelings. Get rid of your hurt feelings. And we're living in a society today, people get offended and hurt over the, <laughs> you say one thing cross or one thing out of what they think it ought to be, and the next thing you know, offense is flaring and flying everywhere. I want to say this to you. Yeah, I get, I get to see our media, our president, you know, our government, um, our, our, our leaders. I see all the same stuff you do. You know the number one thing I see is that from media to government, 
the hostility and all this stuff that I see going on from leadership in our society. Because think about it, and the media is, is, a, is a major leadership voice where it comes to what the people need to know, correct? And our government is a major leadership voice in what our people need to know. And when I watch what's, and there's so much gossip, there's so much offense, there's so much accusation. Who's the accuser of the brethren, anybody? Satan is the accuser of the brethren. A slander, it just, it, it, it just, it sickens, I think, God to see what it's become. And all that does is works to further divide people. And I don't even talk about the nation so much. Look, I know people have different opinions on th- stuff. And you know what? And that's okay. That's the beauty of our society. We're allowed to. But anymore, it's moving to a point to where we can't disagree and still get along. Isn't that right? And let me say this. Let that not be said of the people in God's church. Amen? So, uh, we got to guard our heart. Um, get rid of the hurt feelings. Love yourself and expect God's blessing. Love yourself and expect. Say expect. Love yourself and expect God's blessing. Listen to Philippians 4.19 here. And my God will meet some of your needs according to his riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Is that what it said? My God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Ready? Get rid of a poverty mindset. Get rid of your poverty mindset. The kingdom of God is not a kingdom of poverty. And I was talking to somebody the other day, another brother, and we were sitting here at the church and we were chatting. And you know, there's a, there's a tension between the fact that in this world you'll have tribulation, you're going to have troubles, you're going to have suffering. But, but in that suffering we have hope. I don't know about you, but, but that makes me rich. That when I'm in one of the worst situations in my life, that I can still have hope in that difficult situation and know that that situation is going to change. Why? Because God is for me. He's not against me. He, go, he goes in front of me, and he brings up my rear guard. He makes me the head and not the tail. Can you say amen? So, so what does that mean? Is that when I start the thinking, when I start to think like, you know, it's just I'm not going to make it and I'm not going to make it in relationship or I'm not going to make it in, you know, in, in my needs being met on whatever scale that may, I have a need that, that, that my child, I'm just saying a child, if you got a child that's wayward from God, I've got a need that they would get close to God again. Um, you know, I, I can't, I don't have enough money to pay my bills. You know, my family's falling apart. My marriage is on the rocks, all those things. It's like, it, it seems like those are needs to me. What about you? And what God says is that he'll supply all your need according to his riches, right, in glory in Christ Jesus. And so uh, we either believe that or we don't. And so I would submit to you there that you've got to have faith and trust. Expect that God's going to show up for your needs. Amen. And then um, number three, find time for others. Find time for other people. Be sure to recognize others who care for you. Be sure to recognize the other people in your life that care for you. Philippians 2.25 says this, But I think it is necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, fellow worker, and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger, watch this, whom you sent to take care of my needs. Now this is interesting, but, but in, Philipp, in the church of Philippi sends Epaphroditus to go help Paul, to, to, to help care for his needs. 
but it comes to a point where Paul, he's been blessed by Epaphroditus. And so what happens is he, I feel like I need to send him back so that he can, you know, he can minister to the people that are there. He can care for people's needs that are there because basically I feel, feel, I feel filled up by Epaphroditus' ministry to me. And so what, what's a, a thought there? Be thankful uh, for the provision of others. Be thankful for the provision of others. Next, be sure to take genuine interest in others. Don't be fake. Say, don't be fake. Anybody like fake people? I hate fake relationships. I can't stand them, you know? I want real relationships, genuine relationships, amen? Listen to uh, Philippians 2, 19 through 21 here. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, that I also may be cheered, uh, cheered when I receive news about you. I have no one else like him who takes a genuine interest in your welfare. For everyone looks out for his own interest, not those of Jesus Christ. It, it should not be among brothers and sisters in Christ to look out only for themselves. It's, it, in relationship with God, it's okay to love ourselves. We need to be filled up. But when we get filled up, it's not so that we can just enjoy that for us so we get filled up so that we can be a blessing to other people isn't that right isn't that what our lord does for us right the psalmist said this my cup overflows in reference to god and how god blessed him that his cup was overflowing but when your cup's overflowing you got to let it overflow onto someone else amen you got to be a blessing to someone else around you in that i would say be thankful for your relationships if you've got genuine relationships, you got people who love you, are honest with you, you know, that, that I, read, I read this meme. If other people are talking to you about me, why are you listening? Would you trust either one of those? Do you see what I'm saying? Guard against those kind of relationships. And if you have friends that do something like that, say, you know, the fact that you would talk about that person to me, it's different to say, hey, let's pray for this person. They're going through a tough time. than say, oh, did you hear? Gossip is destructive. Don't let it be a part of your life. Be an encouragement and uplift the people around you. Can you say amen? Is this message too strong today? Some of you gossiping and you need to stop. Be sure to reach out and help those less fortunate than you. 2 Corinthians 8, 5. And they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first of all. They did what? First of all to the Lord. And then by the will of God also to us. Think about that themselves i'd like to say give yourself first of all to the lord and giving yourself first of all to the lord you'll be the greatest version of yourself you can ever be that'll make you happier and this is the part of you'll love yourself and as a result of that you will give yourself to others more than you ever could if you don't have those first things in order. You know, I, I've been in ministry long enough to see people who will come and it's like, I love God so much and they want to help other people. 
And what ends up happening is they end up hurting other people because they're not healed themselves. You hear where I'm coming from. They don't, and when I, again, I need to be clear. I'm not talking about a selfish love of self. I'm talking about I love myself because God loves me. And I know this, he's given me purpose to help other people. So let me show you how that works. And gateway, we have our next step. What are we all about? We want people to find salvation. And in finding salvation, then we want them to find freedom. And when they found freedom in their own life, we want them to discover purpose for their life so they can do what? So they can give back to other people. All of us at, at, at given times in our life are, are in, in need. We, we need to receive. But as we receive, let's make sure that we're also givers and we're looking for people that we can be a blessing to as well. Amen. Write this last thing. That, so so be, uh, that, that, on that one, this is another thought. That those last thoughts are not up there, but I, I, I wrote them down early this morning. And this one, be thankful for opportunities to provide for others. And so that first one, be thankful uh, for the provision of others. Be thankful for your relationships, those genuine relationships, but also be thankful for the opportunities that come your way to be, be a provision for other people. Amen. And final thought as we close today. Have the vision to pursue a future reality for your relationships. Have the vision. Now Habakkuk 2 and 2 says this about a vision. It says, write the vision, make it plain upon tablets so that he that reads it may run. If you never write your vision down, you're not gonna be clear enough for it to become. That's why when I say to you, we want people to find salvation, we want them to find freedom, we want them to discover purpose, and we want them to give back to other people who, who, who need to discover the same things. What is your vision? See, that's Gateway's vision of helping people get closer to God, loving God, loving others, and making disciples, teaching people how to love God and love others. And once you know how to do that, go and get somebody else and bring them along that path. Amen? Hey, we keep it simple because however you want to do that, you want to do it, uh, you know, in, in, in a Bible study, you want to do it, uh, you know, in a snowboarding group, you want, I don't care where you do that, but get with other people and help them, help them find the love of God and the best way for them to find the love of God is to meet somebody who's got the love of God in them right and pours filling to the brim overflowing and pours out in that person's life here's what I want to ask you to do today I want to ask you to stand your feet please stand your feet <laughs> and here's what I'm going to do because we're talking about relationships I'm going to ask you to find three or four people right around you um, you know, you can pray with your family or you can go find somebody else. I don't care what you do, but find three or four people, three or four so that it's fairly quick as we pray with one another. But, but I'm going to ask you today to, to, to find someone right around you and pray for them. Pray for their relationships because here's what I know. In pastoring, that's one of the number one things I deal with. People want to know, like, how do I get close to God? people want to know how their relationships can be better that, that I deal with that more than anything else I deal with and so I just want to ask you today if, if, if we as a body could use our faith and our gifts and minister to one another here in this room so find those folks and pray for them they're going to just continue to play some music in the background and as you finish up uh, you're free to go and I pray the Lord's blessing over you